0: Good morning, and welcome to the ALC Daily Podcast. My name is Pastor Jared Pollitt. and this is Pastor Benjamin Davis.
1: And joining us again is the All-Powerful Pastor Mike Ware. Does that one work for you too? <laughs> well, it's been illustrious. It's been amazing. It's been incredible, and now mm-hmm. all-powerful. That's right. <laughs> I better look at my driver's license I'm about the right guy.
0: <laughs> you know, if you if you if you want to know what kind of guy Mike Ware is. He, uh, he and Jeannie, his wife, they're going to be with us um, on the weekend of April 17, 18 for uh, a mini conference on discipleships, not to be missed, but um, they've been with us before. And uh, I remember one of those visits where uh, Mike was trying to sell me on this new way of making coffee. And, uh, and, and Holly and I weren't quite buying it, you know, and uh, so he said, hey, I'm going to buy you one of these coffee makers. And that was a couple of years ago, and I think it's siphon coffee, isn't that right? It's the, it's the way siphon coffee, and it's really not that expensive. It's just a, it's it's kind of an old school way of making it. And I am here to testify that we are now addicted to that kind of coffee made on a siphon coffee maker. <laughs> it's
1: good coffee. It is. It takes all the acidity. It's <laughs> like drinking silk. It's beautiful.
0: Oh, it's it's like drinking. If you want to drink silk, you got to try this method of making coffee. Hey, we're going to talk about discipleship and the American church. And we've mentioned on previous podcasts that Mike has had the privilege of traveling, not only across the United States, working with pastors, working with churches, but also across the world. So he's got a broad base of experience. And I want to try and hone that in, Mike, if you will, to discipleship in the American church. And um, from your experience traveling, uh, what do you see that the American church is, let's start with, what are we doing well? I mean, you can compare it to the world, right? You can obviously compare it to scripture. What do you see the American church doing well um, in the way that we're practicing our Christianity in the local church?
1: Well, I think uh, a lot of the leaders are doing well. I mean, as far as pastors are concerned, I mean, they're really preaching the word of God. They're really trying to communicate uh, the blessings, the promises, you know, the power of God into people's lives. Now, I don't know if everybody's really listening. They say amen, uh, uh, but then they really don't do anything about it. You know, the Bible says that we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And so, you know, churches, look, we need to be discipled into spiritual maturity. I think pastors and leaders are trying to do that. I think a lot of the church, as we said maybe on a previous podcast, I think the church is spiritually immature in general. I mean, I know you've got some great leaders in your church. I've been there and preached a number of times, and you've got some great people in your ministry there, but there are still others that come. And uh, I mean, they may have been, I mean, they may have been believers for years, but they're still not real mature. I mean, some people think their spiritual maturity is cute, but God thinks it's creepy sometimes. I mean, it's like, it's like, um, you know, when, when you're a baby, it's okay to eat baby food. When you're a baby, it's okay to suck on the bottle. But when you're 40 years old, if you're sucking on a baby bottle, that looks weird. <laughs> and, there's a lot, and there's a lot of Christians that are still sucking on a baby bottle. And then on the other side, you've got some people that have come to church all their life, and they're so spiritually obese, they waddle in and waddle out. I'm not talking about naturally obese. I'm talking about spiritually obese. They've got so much in them, and they don't give it away. They don't, they don't They don't. part it out. They don't disciple other people. And so I see both sides. I see people that are spiritually obese, and I see some that are spiritually anorexic, and uh, they need help. And you've got people in your congregation that can do this. And again, like we said, you've got to be willing to give it. You've got to be willing to receive it.
0: Mm, that's good, and I appreciate what you're saying. I hear you saying that a strength of the American church is the word of God is being preached, and that's so awesome. A lot of the people that we're getting coming back into our Sunday services after being, you know, away in COVID and whatnot, what they're looking for is they're looking for the word of God to be preached. I know that because I I get that kind of feedback. And um, I think that's awesome. And that over the past 250 years, really, you know, the American church has been a key instrument in spreading missions all over the world where the word of God is being preached. I'm on a surge uh, uh, cohort right now where, the leaders of Surge are actually—they're uh, sending out a devotional from the Word every single day over these smartphones all across the world. They're, they have a new goal. We're going to get involved in trying to raise funds to every Surge plant. They're wanting to put a smartphone with a data plan in their hand so they can get that daily devotional. You're going to be hearing more about that from us. We're—we're we're setting a goal to. Uh, to raise funds for 25 of these funds, um, to be planted with these pastors. So you're gonna, every $400 does one of those. So we're gonna hear more about that. But the whole thing is based on uh, uh, getting the word of God as a focus for pastoral ministry. And I think that's great. Where, what, you know, let's let's look at the other side. Where can we improve? Let's look at some of the weaknesses of the American church. What are some areas where you feel like that we can improve as an American church based on your experience?
1: Well, Ben, that's a really tough question because I think, as I've said before, uh, leaders like yourself, I mean, I think we're trying to do everything we can to connect people into a place where they can be discipled. For instance, you're you're really big on small groups, so is our church. And uh, I think small church is where you learn how to do life together with other believers. And life is better when you do it with your friends. And so when you get into a small group, it gives you a chance to be discipled, to be around other people that mentor you, or at least by example, show you how to live a Christian life. And uh, I know that in our early years as Christians, they didn't have the invention of small groups were not there. And this is probably 45, 50 years ago, but uh, but we had friends that we'd go to church together. We'd go hang out together and we'd play dominoes or we'd hang out with that. But Everything seemed to center around Christ or something we were learning about Christ. And we there was a one young couple, I say young couple, we were all young back then, but I mean they they seemed so far ahead of us in their spiritual walk. And we learned more about spiritual warfare and demon activities and and how to stand strong and to use our faith. I learned more from them in our early years as Christians than from anything else I learned from the pulpit. And I mean, I was learning. I mean, I took notes every Sunday. I've got notes from years, from decades ago, but it was that interaction uh, with other people that were maybe my age or maybe even older than me, where we just kind of conversationally learned about Christ and learned about living our lives together. And, you know, I think that's what helped mature me.
0: Mm, That's awesome. I love to hear it. And, uh, We believe that God is is doing that in the American local church. It's really about relationships is what we're saying there. Hey, let me tackle something else that I heard you say that I think is so important. And and, uh, as a leader, as as a pastoral leader, sometimes it feels like there's a tension between a focus on spiritual growth and a focus on numerical growth. But I feel like that's a human tension. It's not a tension with God. Okay. And I think you kind of touched on it when you say there is spiritual obesity happens when I intake, 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 but really don't give away. Um, But can you speak to some of our felt tension of should, you know, the the tension between spiritual growth and numerical growth in a local church setting? How do you resolve that? And how have you resolved that in your ministry?
1: Well, let me make a comment about what you just said because. Uh, there's a difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee has uh, an entrance, if you will, something feeding the sea, and then it has an exit where there's a place for the sea to go. The Dead Sea has a place where it comes in, but no exit, if you will, no release. And a lot of people that are always receiving and not uh, always receiving, but not giving, they're like the Dead Sea. They're just the accumulators of things, and uh, that's fine. I mean, it makes you feel good, it makes you feel warm spiritually. But uh, we've got to become people that not only receive but we give, and I think that's what keeps you healthy. The Dead Sea is the Dead Sea for a reason. It receives, but it never gives out. And uh, I don't know. I kind of digressed from your question. Uh, throw out the question to me again. Oh, I was-
0: Mike, I, I feel like you just painted an image that is worth everything because um, what we're, what are the question I asked is. The, t- the tension we feel between spiritual growth and numerical growth. But wow, you just put an image in my mind that, that what we're saying is the dead sea is when I'm receiving, 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 but never giving away. Right. And the sea of Galilee, which is full of life. And, and I man, my mind immediately goes to all the prophecies about um, turning the dead sea into life. But the answer is it's got to have an out, uh, an outflow, right? right. So the, yeah, the question was about, um, spiritual growth versus numerical growth in the local church setting and the tension that seems to create in us um, and and how to resolve that tension. How have you resolved that tension? Um, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, I, I think we ought to have spiritual growth and numerical growth. I mean, here's kind of the little three things we've always thought about in our church and I'll, I'll give it to you. It's about the lost saved, the saved matured, and the matured serving. I think that's the three-step process for any believers, at first you got to get saved and then the saved need to be matured. Well, that's the discipleship piece. And then the, the saved uh, that have been matured need to start serving. That's the release piece. That's where life really comes. Uh, I think we should grow. I think the, the church is the representation of the kingdom of God, but I think the church, which is the people, I think we're tasked with the responsibility of building the kingdom, which means we need to be, everybody, everybody in your church should be tasked with the responsibility of building that church because the church is the representation of the kingdom of God in your area. And uh, and to, like you were saying, I don't think there's a tension with God between spiritual growth and numerical growth. I think they ought to be simultaneous because, mm. you know, how are we going to continue to mature and prepare for the legacy and prepare for the next generation unless we see new younger people coming into our ministry? Well, they may be first, first generation believers. They may not even be be, be believers at all, or maybe they're immature. They may not know much about Christ, but we want them to come. We want them in our churches. We want them in our ministries. But if we've got the spiritually obese walking around, just begging for more from pastor Ben Davis, you know, feed me, feed me, feed me, you know, like the cookie monster or something. Uh, you know you're going to have spiritually immature people. Now you may have some numerical growth, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be a, a church of immature believers, and I think our influence will be limited. Look, when we find when we find out who we really are in Christ, I'm telling you there's power, and when you when you collect that power in the church, things begin to move, things begin to shake, and the devil begins to move. He doesn't like it. He would prefer you to meet and to remain immature. He would he would prefer for people to come to your church. And I feel like they did a good thing because they were there on Sunday, but never grow anywhere beyond where they're at. Look, if you are not further down the road with your walk with Christ uh, from a year ago, then you're not not moving forward. You're backsliding. You're losing ground. And I think the caution that I've always had is I never wanted anybody in our church to backslide, which meant the, the onus was on me to really teach the Word of God then provide whatever I could for people who wanted to take the next step to find that place of maturing so they could serve in the house. And I think that's what you've done at Abundant Life.
0: You know, I just feel Mike, to close this podcast with a challenge to people listening right now, you've really shared my heart in, in, and spiritual growth for people. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know we've got listeners that are within the sphere of our local church, Abundant Life. And then we've also picked up a lot of listeners all over the world. But if you're within the sphere of Abundant Life, our local church, this is a challenge for you. Our method at Abundant Life Church for doing everything, every next step is small groups. If you want to serve on a Sunday morning in an usher or a greeter, or even on a prayer team, get in a small group. That's where you're going to get trained for that.
1: Ask me Uh, another question, Pastor.
0: (laughs) Do you like peanut butter? Small groups. (laughs) It's our our answer for everything. If you want to become a member, Jared. Small groups. If you, (laughs) we're going to do everything through small groups. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to issue a challenge right now. Maybe you've been coming on Sunday. It's time to get committed in a small group that's where your fellowship is going to take place that's where your discipleship that's where you're going to get equipped and at abundant life we don't believe you build the kingdom of god by using people we believe you build the kingdom of god by building people and we're going to build you in the context of those committed small group relationships that's how we're going to do it that's the model we believe god has shown us for our local church going forward and so i just want to issue that challenge To you Um, go ahead and jump into a small group get committed into that small group and god is going to bless your socks off and he's going to bless them back on again you're going to be so fulfilled because you're going to find yourself growing in the lord and i want to come back to that illustration that mike gave you're going to find yourself maybe you are feeling like the dead sea god's going to transform you from the dead sea to the Sea of Galilee that is full of life. Thank you for joining us today. At Abundant Life Church, we believe that through community in small groups and encounters with Jesus, you will have growth. Visit Abundant.us to learn more
1: about ALC and how to join a small group. You can also join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. in person or at 1045 in person or on our YouTube with our live stream community.